If Murray had supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> America's Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Sending out good vibes. And that's actually what ended up killing me as I aspirated. I ended up breathing in my own my own vomit. Whereas uh, my buddy, he ended up going into one of the booths. Okay, guys, welcome back to the America Show. We are going to be chatting with Vinny Tolman a little bit later. The light after death, my journey to heaven and back. Um, as Graham says, probably one of the craziest NDE stories you'll hear. Kind of, I don't know, it's pretty pretty along the lines of what you expect for an NDE, I guess. Nothing, you know, maybe a couple little surprises, but nothing totally different than what we've been hearing over the years. And we're trying to live stream again because this Friday, uh, I guess it'll be April 7th, we're going to have Mark from After School, popular YouTube channel. I think he's got 2.7 million subs now or something like that. He's going to come and do a live stream with us and we're going to do some live reacting to some of his videos and it's going to be fun. So we're here and we got everybody's favorite podcaster, Graham Dunlop. Hey, we also got some awesome news to talk to the people about. What's the name? With uh, Randall Carlson and Malcolm Bendel. So we'll get into that in a bit. But yeah, this Vinnie Tolman story, I mean, I don't know. I, I listened to his book and to me, it was one of the most incredible NDs I've ever heard. And then when in this episode, we get into talking about how three days seems to be an important thing. And I mean, of course, we've we've read lots about the three-day resurrection from ancient wisdom, like even going back to the initiations and the secret societies. And it makes you wonder, like, is there a connection? Because Vinny was down for three days and, or at least in a coma, he wasn't dead for three days, but he was gone for three days. And he says, this is a common thing, something about the 72 hours in our cells or something as well. So there might even be like a physical dimension to this three day resurrection thing, which we didn't really realize. Is that how long Jesus was dead for? Yeah, that's what I mean, dude. It's all over these ancient books. Huh. But before Jesus, like the Egyptians talked about it. The mystery schools talk about it in your initiation. You go, you, you come, I think you get, you come back after three days. What about the Jews? I don't know. What do you mean? Wow. Are you just testing out this live stream already by saying that word? Is it what? Just trying to get us kicked off of YouTube. Or finally, this will be the final nail in the coffin <laughs> in YouTube. We finally test a live stream and that's it. The channel gets well, booted right away. say Jews. Um, what about their religion? I don't, I don't know. That one, I don't know. The, yeah. That's probably the important one. <laughs> that's a good point. I thought the, uh, the three days had to do with the sun. Like when we stop at the end of the solstice, not the solstice. Yeah. So, so did or I. Yeah. Like between... Between the twenty second and Christmas, kind of thing, right? Yeah, what is it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Something like that. If that, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, what else you got? I mean, Bendel's coming out. What do you think? 
You, you let's, seem to let's, be all in. Well, I mean, I, I'm just trying to give it a chance. I mean, we got to give it a chance, right? Don't we? I mean, he's not, he's not out there like, like scrounging for money from people. Like he's, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure he's, he's selling something like licenses or whatever. And he's met with, uh, met with, you know, the Indian government. And also what we're talking about is this, this clean technology based on ancient wisdom and sacred geometry. He's come out with four, 15 lectures now on the, on the material. It's on Randall Carlson's website. If you go to, I'll put a link in the show notes, but if you go to randallcarlson.com and you go over to the, the menu on the right and you pick uh, like video, I think it says watch, what is, what's the actual word? Um, and you go to the right, you say watch, listen, click on that. And then it, there's a drop down that says Ra Malcolm Bendall lectures. So this is the one that Randall and Malcolm recorded with Jerry, Joe Rogan, and Afterwards, Joe's like, I'm not going to release this yet. He wants to do some vetting on it. Now, whether he wants to vet the technology or vet Malcolm, because, of course, the mainstream has kind of smeared Malcolm a little bit. Um, there's also a book about Malcolm's story out called The Shaman, um, written, uh, written by a famous Australian author. And uh, so, I mean, people can judge for themselves. Go watch the 15 series and say, like, should Joe let this out? I mean... If it's real or not, um, should it matter? I mean, if the guy, th here's, here's my opinion on it. He's, he's fighting for a technology that's been suppressed for 66 years to get this thing out. He's kind of put together like a, an all encompassing theory. So it's not just about the tech, but he's tied in a whole bunch of other stuff, the planetary, the, the you know, the sun and the moon and, um, a lot of the sacred geometry that Randall talks about the ether time to come up with frequencies of the elements. I mean, it's, it's this in depth. So, but you can go through there and pick out the parts that are directly related to the new clean technology that basically transmutes the exhaust into oxygen. But he explains how this happens, right? The condition of the water with, and now I'm not, I'm, I'm just going to like total layman's explanation. You got to watch it. I really don't understand it, but they condition the water with UV. Then they, they bring it into this other chamber. And then they separate the, they make it, it's like the bubbler, but it makes bubbles with a vacuum. And then those bubbles, they, they sort of cavitate and it creates a little plasmoid. And that's like, it's like a, a sphere that's collapsing into a sort of into that infinity shape. And there's a zero point in there. Yeah, and then they point. harness. Yeah. Like a, a bubble like collapses into like, uh, is that the, like, uh, like an orange? The torus? The what? Is that kind of like the orange looks? Here one sec, let me uh, like this thing. Uh, that's the torus, yeah. Well, yeah, the, the plasmoid ends up in, in that torus shape, I think. But that's, you're right, that's kind of what that is, is. Like there's a bubble on both ends and that's the, that's the middle. So, so then it gets harvested into this thunderstorm generator and then it, uh, it, it basically harvests these, the, the, waste, the waste energy from like a gasoline engine, for example, which is like 30% efficient. So it increases the efficiency and it cleans the exhaust completely. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, my opinion is that he's put decades into this work. I mean, it seems like a hell of a lot of work for some kind of monetary scam. Like, I really don't think he's in it for the money. He seems legitly in it to change the world for the good. Like, this is implosive technology, not explosive. It's what Stanley Meyer used on his water car. He knows all about Stanley Meyer and how he got killed. He was poisoned. He knows about what happened to Tesla's technology. There's a book out from K 
Ken's shoulders now called EV, the, uh, the discovery, something discovery. Oh, I should have had that title ready. Um, and that book was, was apparently deleted off the mainstream, like Amazon. I, and I checked this, I was like, okay, I'll check to see if the Amazon gone, deleted Amazon UK and Amazon, uh, USA gone. So, so what are we having them on? This is this is the original book that is a lot of this is based on, and this guy Ken Shoulders worked with uh, Hal Putoff at SRI. I mean, and and this was sort of pre Cold Fusion, and he had this technology. All this it was it was about the EV. This this uh, this basically this creating this plasmoid, and it has its own electromagnetic containment field in there, and they're trying to harness that. But then that whole cold fusion fiasco happened, and this is now kind of reviving that whole thing again, sort of more comprehensively. And I think that, you know, I think there's a car running around in the States, supposedly with it right now. Um, and you've been regularly you know, talking to, to Malcolm. I mean, how crazy is that? Yeah, it's been crazy. You better not get, a, get us assassinated, Dunlop. I would not appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I asked you if you were ready. <laughs> I appreciate my gasoline engine, but yeah, that's kind of nonchalant. It's, it's the price. It's the price for changing the world. I ain't changing shit. You're maybe you know we're just along for the ride at this point. But I mean, I wish him the best a lot. But this is scalable too. I mean, he's got like pictures of these huge generators, like huge industrial equipment, like working with this and. I've seen the, you know, I've seen the video of them running one of those little Chandras. Like there's thousands of these little generators that they're using in Africa to generate electricity, right? Where there's no connectivity out there. And they're using all these thousands of these little mini Chinese made generators. And you could retrofit every one of those or make new ones with the technology. I mean, it's not only about retrofitting, but I believe the technology could be used to actually just build new things that, that are actually clean, clean exhaust and super efficient. Is that like, I don't know, because don't they exhaust water vapor? But oxygen. Just straight oxygen? Yeah, well, uh, mainly oxygen, yeah. Okay, well, that might be okay. Because I think if, they, if we start exhausting water vapor, I feel like that's worse than CO2. I mean, this is where you're bringing alchemy into it too. Like this is ba alchemy, ancient wisdom, sacred geometry. Like the way he describes the... The, mole the molecules changing, like I think they reach this zero point where there's no frequency, and then it, based on the resonance you can put in there, you can change it back into into not change it back, but change it into oxygen. I mean, of course, I'm not going to do the explanation justice, but it's it's something like that where it passes through this like zero point and then transmutes. Well, you'll put the link in the show notes to all those videos, <laughs> but really interested in what people think like let us know what you think is it is it you know all bung i mean i know that the the, the mainstream scientists aren't gonna they're not gonna accept this they're gonna they're gonna have a problem with this so i mean a lot of the scientific minded people as soon as you mention the vajra and sacred geometry and and some of the more esoteric parts of his explanation and his journey they're gonna want to just dismiss it based on that but but maybe not like try and give it a chance and see you know if it seems legit, I mean, let, let me know what you think of him too. If he's, if you think he's, he's legit. I just don't think somebody would go through all that effort for money.
Are we going to have him on the show soon? Well, I think so, yeah. Working on it? Working on it, yeah. All right, well, what else you got for us? This. Well, I got a nice email here I should read. I want because we got a we got a contact at the cabin coming up. We do. Want to play a jingle or something? I'm looking or? to see uh, I I I've lost the Grimerica goodies jingle it seems like, but I do have uh I definitely have a spam gram here somewhere. Maybe not. You know what I need is a bigger thing. So it's on my phone. I'm kind of scrolling through it and it only shows two at a time. It's really. Bad. Yeah, that's yeah, that's not going to work. I'd almost, yeah. I'd almost rather have them switch to the computer now. So they're just in a, uh, a line of files that I can that I can pick. So I could do this one. Anyway, what do you got? So uh, this is an email. Hey, d- hey, Darren and Graham. So this is this is regarding our trips. Contacted the cabin. This is called CAC integration feedback. It has been almost over two months now since Mount Shasta, and I have to say I've never felt more physically, spiritually, and mentally aligned than I have my entire life. It was my third contact at the cabin experience, and boy, was it a charm. The only thing I miss was you, Graham, but I'm going to try and make my way out to Utah next month, so I hope to see you there. Since I got home, I exercise a minimum of four times a week, do Wim Hof breath work, and get into the cold water daily, whether it's the cold pool at my sister's after a workout or a cold shower in the morning. I'm going to get myself a portable ice bath device soon when I can afford it. So that's because we do all this uh, this cold work with uh, Brandon Powell and the Wim Hof breathing. Who's it from? Uh, I'm going to get, there's way more here. I finally found a practice that really works for me and it helps me in a very, get, keep me in a very optimal state of mind, body, and spirit. I'm forever grateful to you guys, Brandon Powell and Wim for helping me find my practice. Since a very young age, I've been struggling with stuttering and this helps me stay on the path of fluency daily. And even if I mess up and stutter, I'm not nearly as phased by it as much anymore. I also have chosen a path that will let my fear of speaking to others dwindle away by taking up a server's position at a high-end restaurant. It's way out of my comfort zone, but by sticking to my practice of physically stressing my body with healthy activities such as cold water activation, breath work, and weightlifting, it helps counteract all the mental and sometimes physical stresses I obtain from worrying about stuttering. At the same time, it helps me remain more frequently fluent. It's such an amazing feeling. I'm just so thankful that you guys put on these events that have true life-changing effects, and for not just myself, but for many others that have attended. To the guest speakers of the events I've attended, Dave Matheson, Joe Roop, Brandon Powell, Owen Hunt, the Snake Brothers, Greg Carlwood, thank you for providing such incredible knowledge and information. You're all such experts in your craft as well as amazing humans that show me such kindness. It was an absolute pleasure to meet you, and I can't wait to see you again. I'm also forever thankful to you, fellow guests, cooks, and everyone involved in making these events happen. You're all the greatest souls I've ever met, and I love you all so much. I'm so happy we incarnated in this life together to find each other 
again, at such magical places. And to everyone listening that I haven't met yet, I can't wait to meet you. To everyone hearing this, when and if you feel overwhelmed and discouraged in this life, remember that you are the truth finders, the ones who unveil, the dreamers, the creators, the uplifters, the ones who are holding this planet together, and the ones to collectively, consciously, and unconsciously keeping the vibration of this planet stable enough to withstand the evil from forever winning. Let's all continue to do our part together to take steps on the path of being the best versions of ourselves for not just ourselves, but for everyone. Just, or from just another you, Jonathan, a.k.a. Mellow Horus. Wow. Well, kind email. Very nice email. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks, Mellow. Actually, I think people just call him Mellow. Mellow, that's right. So I want to try something here. Let's see, this might just work uh, right out of the gate. Let's see what happens if I try... Uh, Are you going to play a little uh, vignette? You know, why is it gotta be why is it even just gonna ask? Just just fucking use something. What do you what do you oh. And now another edition of the Grime American Goodies by the people. By the people. So that will work. I just need to uh here's the problem. Is it's playing on the same channel as as you are? If I fade it out, I'll also fade you out, which, you know, isn't ideal. Um, but yeah, we do have that event coming up in Utah. I mean, it's, we're shit, we're almost down to two weeks away. It's two weeks from two weeks from Thursday. So there's still some spots left. Uh not a lot, but there's still a few. And uh yeah, I mean there's gotta be probably ten spots left, I'm thinking. Maybe twelve, we could squeeze twelve, but ten for sure. We'd really like to sell at least like five. But uh, if you guys head over to contact at thecabin.com, it's a canyon event. It's our, sort of our, is my favorite one, I think. I mean, they're all great. Don't get me wrong. But Utah's just kind of special. You know, those, there's something about those national parks and the stars. And Randall's stuff kind of fits right into it because, you know, Zion especially, you can really see the mega flood evidence or at least evidence of a lot of water moving through that place so i mean if you guys want to come hang out with us just in a couple weeks here it's a 420 bash and flying to vegas head up the mountain i mean you drive just basically straight up that mountain for three hours not even two and a half and bang we'll get to the chalet and duck creek we'll hang out for for four nights see some stars we'll hike at two National Parks, Bryce Canyon, Zion Canyon. We'll see those petroglyphs. And uh, we'll do the ice bass. We'll do all of it. We got Ksenia Moore coming from Australia. Dave Matheson, Brandon Powell. Uh, Brandon from Expanding Realities. Expanding Reality? Reality. Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to have a blast up there on that mountain. And we'd love for, your, for us to join us. It just happens to be on that 420 weekend this year so every contact at the cabin.com guys check it out and join us and even if you can't do that i mean maybe you could just head over to grammarica.ca slash support and uh sign up for a monthly or make a one-time donation or something like that because i mean the show is not free 
to produce, not free to do, but it is quite fun. It is fun, but it is expensive as well. It costs us a bunch of time, costs a bunch of money. More money, like we said last episode, we just had to dump another couple of thousand dollars into some proper gear we're still sort of playing with and learning how to do, but Graham's mixer crapped out again. And all that stuff. Someone in the chat says that uh, Hitler's birthday is on 420. So interesting. <laughs> well, there you have it. We are uh, going to smoke some weed on Hitler's birthday, it would seem. Um, but yeah, head over to contact at thecabin.com, guys, and join us. I wonder if I can do this without uh, messing up too much of the regular show. Here, okay. Uh, there we go. That's just for the people who are watching can kind of see. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say that, yeah. But uh, this is video of Bryce and Zion and all the stuff that we're doing here. This is the stuff that we filmed last year and the year before we were there. So for the people that are watching the YouTube video or the Facebook video, if they want to do that, they can check that out. Anyway, what else you got for us? You got, you got a quote? No, you know what? I forgot about that. Oppo? But I did want to mention that I'm I'm pretty excited there's this book that uh, there's been all kinds of synchronicities around the book. Uh, Coach Chris will know about this. He has a physical copy of this book, which I'm sure is very rare right now, but it's called Edadorpa or the end of the earth. And it's a cult classic from 1901 about the inner earth and about this journey with a mysterious being kind of like this guy that blew the whistle on secret society. So he was forced to basically lose his identity, get kidnapped to the inner earth to learn the secrets of the universe, basically. It's an interesting sort of like sci-fi before sci-fi was a thing, kind of like fantasy in a way. Um, And it's on YouTube. The first half is on YouTube, on our YouTube channel called adultbrain.ca. Well, I don't know if it's adultbrain.ca, but it's our Adult Brain YouTube channel. It'll be in the show notes. And uh, the second half will be coming in a couple days. And that uh, that YouTube channel's got some full audiobooks, but also we got more audiobooks on Audible as well. But you can go to adultbrain.ca to find all those. Edorpa, is that how you pronounce that? Edorpa. Well, I think it's Edorpa. Some people say fa, but it's 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 uh, Aphrodite spelled backwards, and it's uh, I think it's Edorpa because it's H P A. So what's it about? I just explained it all. Well, that was like, that wasn't really much of like, uh, it's, it's, it's about a guy who gets his, vi- who, who gets a, a manuscript from a visitor who was, um, now we're talking, this is what I'm talking about. Who was, who was basically taken out of a secret. He, he left the secret society and, and, and blew the whistle. They think it's based on the 1826, uh, anti-Masonic, uh, phenomena that happened. And this guy got kidnapped and had to change his identity. But then they sent him down to the inner earth. Like few people get to experience this inner earth thing. And then he meets this mysterious, mysterious being. He takes him through the inner earth to, to learn the mysteries of the universe. It's pretty interesting. Didn't they just find a big ocean over there? I know. That's what I mean. There's a whole genre of inner earth stuff and hollow earth books. I'd love to read some more, actually. Would you? Oh, Chris is Chris is live right now, watching on Facebook. Yeah, and he's coming to Utah. Oh, dude, bring the copy for sure. Yeah, 
yeah, he's coming to Utah. So we're going to go to Utah and have a time here in just a couple of weeks. What else? Uh, what else you got? I mean, you don't have a quote. You just make one up. Uh, I can find one, I guess. If you want to just, if you want to say something else for a bit, what would I say? I mean, support the show. I already did the support uh, thing. What do you guys talk about on Union? Yeah, well, um, uh, just geopolitics a little bit and stuff like that. We I was on the Union Alien Wanted again, and um, we've been on some other shows. We I got a. I was on Tommy's podcast a little while ago. Well, that's right. I was on uh, the Hockett, to... Hockett podcast with the Mint. If people want to check that out, the Hockett podcast. You were on Tommy's podcast. What's that called? Tommy's podcast. Tommy's <laughs> podcast. Is that it? Were we on something else too? The other one got postponed, um, I think, right? Yeah. You know what? The best thing to do is just look back through the calendar pretty much. Are you telling me to do that? Okay, well, no. Wait. <laughs> so did you go on Melkay? No. We were on Expanded Realities, Expanding Realities. That's which right. Which I think Expanded Reality is what it's called. And we were on that just the other day. I think it came out today, actually. Yeah. And we'll be on some more coming up. So oh, we're we'll, on we'll Richard Yeah. Strange. Oh, we were on his. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Strange Planet, right? Yeah. Yeah, which is interesting because he's like uh, one of the guys we were listening to when we first started. 10 years ago when we 10 started. 10 years ago. He's one of the guys that, I mean, he was doing the radio then. I wonder, I'd like to hear the story of why he's not doing radio anymore. I know that. Well, he's coming on our show. He'll be on soon. And he's got the, the fancy mic and he's in his basement too. Like, I'm just like, dude, I know what you mean. We're just doing this from home now. It's awesome. So I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing his journey on our show. All right. I found a, I found a quote for you. A quote. It's the profound quote of the week. It looks like I could add, add them right to uh, the jingles right into stream yard if I wanted. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Who spoke it or wrote it down? It comes with a bunch of. Uh... Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, ready? All right, let's have it. <laughs> Desiring to excel is not a sin. It is a motivation that determines ambition's character. Our Lord never taught a, our, our Lord never taught against the urge to high achievement, but he did expose and condemn unworthy motivation. Ayn Rand. No, <laughs> she's not. She wouldn't say our Lord. Are you kidding not. me? <laughs> Spirit, that's from a spiritual leadership, uh, a Sanders book on spiritual leadership. Oh, that one there is, uh, that one's pretty good. I like it. That one. Yeah. 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 Thanks. So we should mention, did we mention since we started recording that we're having Mark from after school on? Yes, we did. Yeah. So that'll be, yeah, Friday. Looking forward to that. You know, I was going to look quick and I could, I want to look quick and see if I can find this, uh, 
this thing that I posted actually, because I think uh, the audio might, now that it's so easy to transfer from my phone to this thing, I might want to, let's see if this works. If you're a fucking savage and you get out there and you grind hard and you want it bad enough, you can run all these guys over, man. This next generation is just such a fucking group of pussies. That was you. Small group of savages out there. Run these fucking kids right over, man. Run them all over. Is that, There's never been more opportunity that, than there is today. If you're a fucking savage, that's what I've been saying. The competition has never been weak. No, but that's was that that was almost like a direct quote from you on Richard. No, whose show oh, on expanded realities? What? I can't hear you. Oh, uh, you can't hear me. Oh, now okay. I can. I was looking at the other guy. I was looking at the other you. Which other me? <laughs> the street. Oh, the one that's streaming. The is it like behind yeah. a few seconds? I'm not watching yeah, any yeah. of the streams. I'm just I'm here with you. I'm fully present. I am watching the comments. But anyway, yeah, Oregon is much like an alien planet. It is fucking. It's a, when you get into there because no one ever hear you never hear anything about or not Oregon. Sorry, like Utah. What, Utah is like an alien planet. You, you no one ever says anything about Utah, but it's the slot canyons and everything else are just fucking phenomenal. Anyway, that's all I got. Support the show. GrimAmerica.ca slash support. We need your support, guys, now more than ever. GrimAmerica.ca slash support. If you can, sign up for a monthly today. Make a one-time donation. Sign up for the trip. I mean, that helps support the show. I know. I'm, I see it. And uh, you can get all the audio books, like Graham was saying, adultbrain.ca. We got the chat server. We got the telegram now. And uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm trying Twitter out again. But I got a 12-hour suspension already for saying tranny. On where? Well, I made a personal Twitter account. I thought maybe if I just left the brand alone and made my own account, they would leave me alone, which they have. So I've made a, a personal Twitter account. It's Darren underscore Grimes underscore, just like my Instagram. And uh, I made it just on my iPhone, which is the one he had banned all my other accounts on. I did go through the Brave browser. Uh, and I've been up there for it. So here's Justin Trudeau. Only 24 people have ever been to the moon, and they've all been American. But that's about to change. But that's not really about to change because that motherfucker's not even going to the moon. He's just driving around it. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, I've been on Twitter again, and I got a 12-hour suspension for saying these trannies are going bananas. Oh, I thought that was from your old account or something. I saw that. But I kind of laughed. So that's, you can't even make a joke about that, eh? Like, so, I mean, it's just a joke. So, I mean, it's 12-hour suspension, though, but this makes me think that they're not going to boot me off right away. They've assessed right. me enough to give me a slap on the wrist. And then Facebook made me delete a meme today, too. But that's the first time they've given me the option. Usually it's just, bam, 30 days. This time they're like, all right. They didn't actually say that they were going to give me a suspension if I clicked no. But I have the sneaking suspicion they were going to. So they're just, just like, we've suspended other accounts for sharing a meme that looks a lot like this. Would you like to delete it? And I clicked yes. <laughs> I mean, I kind of feel like a pussy now. Wow, that's really interesting. Who like is that, I Facebook? I would have clicked no. They would have just. That was, that was Facebook? Yeah, and right now I'm trying to wow. sell Utah tickets, so it's really just not a good time to get 
30 days. Well, I mean, at least they they're giving you the option. I mean, if they would have yeah. given you that Twitter option, then, you know, or even YouTube, like they could have said. Especially like right now, because they don't let you post to the, uh, they don't let you post it. They don't let you post to the brand account either. If you get your personal account right. suspended. Right. Or even if, even if Kindle would have gave us that option, like, look, we'll delete it. You don't have to delete us. We'll delete it. We didn't know that that was now out of bounds. Well, we could probably kind of knew. Well, the boundaries just change all the time anyways. I mean, they can do what they want. I thought we already had chat GTP on here, didn't we? Haven't we already been doing that on the show? Yeah. How come it, my phone doesn't... Uh... How come the, my phone doesn't just pick it up? I, I don't or know what you're talking about. Really. Well, I was gonna try. Uh, I was gonna try typing in uh, contact at the cabin into ChatGPT and see what it comes back with. We have got some amazing reviews, I must say. All right, I got it. So let's see what is contact at the cabin. What if it says cult? Good. Oh, I'm sorry, but I'm not aware of any specific term or phrase in English that is commonly referred to as contact at the cabin. Well, that's possible. Awesome. Scrap that. Yeah. We're, we're not culturally relevant. Yeah. Let's just change that. Maybe that's our goal just to become right, like time, culturally relevant yeah, in Chad GPT. Culturally relevant. <laughs> Rick Simpson is not on this episode. I don't know why that ended up in the show notes. It's because I copied him from the Chris Barrett episode. It won't be in the actual show notes. But the description yet yeah, does say Chris Barrett. So that refers to Where, where's that? 139, which is a great episode that people should check out. But what, what platform are they seeing that on? Well, I think it might be all of them. Any of the ones huh. that took the notes that I pasted into StreamYard? Oh, Probably okay. But what it's it's just it gives you the it gives you a link to our actual chat with that. If you click on that Rick Simpson, you'll get our chat with Rick Simpson. It's not right now, but we did have a chat with Rick Simpson, and the link is to it is right there. And that's also the first part. Oh, you took you went down and took all those notes on fortune cookie gag of twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen. So you might want to go yeah, twenty fifteen. The great fortune cookie gag of twenty fifteen starts an episode one hundred and thirty nine and I believe concludes around episode one hundred and forty two or so. So people might want to check that out. That's a good one. Anyway, what else you got? A bio? Yep. So Vincent Todd Tolman. He was born in Texas, traveled around the world, living in Cambodia and Thailand. Animals, he loves them, meditating, spending time in nature. His greatest priorities are his relationship with his creator, his family, and the people he meets. He currently lives in Vegas with his wife and two kids. And uh, this is from Living God's Light. And then his book is The Light After Death, My Journey to Heaven and Back. At the age of 25, Vinny was pronounced dead and put in a body bag. Nearly an hour later, he miraculously came back to life. This is his story. There you have it. Enjoy the chat with Vinny Tolman.
Vinny Tolman, welcome to Great America. Thanks for joining us. Hey, it's my pleasure to be here. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, this will be a fun one. I, I mean, I love, I love these stories. I love these books and and people like yourself coming forward with these uh, really really interesting, interesting tales or, or real stories. I mean, and and it seems to be prevalent now. People maybe it's maybe people feel more comfortable to come forward nowadays with this type of thing. But we'll talk about all that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm really happy to talk to you about it. I'm excited. I'm excited to join join with you today. And and yeah, man, it seems like a lot of people are now feeling comfortable about talking about these experiences. Whereas even 10 years ago, there wasn't a lot of people talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a few people that not many, but that like yours seems to be a, an extraordinary account where, you know, it's not really arguable that, <laughs> that you didn't die. You know, like I like yeah. to call these I like to call these certain death experiences instead of near death experiences. Yeah. I like, I like the term, I had somebody call it an ADE an after death experience. And I like that too. Yeah, exactly. So do you want to, I mean, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with your story or how do you, sure things going these days? I mean, you got a book out. It seems to be doing really well. Like you got like 200 ratings on Amazon there. It seems to be doing good. Yeah. It's, it's going really good. The book's doing really well. It's been out for about six months now. And, um, and we've seen we've surpassed all of our our expectations, our targets, and our goals as far as my publisher. So I'm I'm extremely happy with it. More than anything, it's just about getting the experience out there. Yeah, my experience itself, I don't I don't feel it's special, but I I feel the energy that came through my experience is very special. And it's it's not for everybody for sure, but for those who really connect to it, it it tends to effectively change their lives and make their lives better uh, in certain ways. So I'm just glad to be out there, be a positive influence out there in the world where there is so many negative influences. I like that there's a positive one out there that I'm a part of, that I got to be a part of. I was blessed to be a part of. Well, and you narrated your own audiobook. I mean, maybe that had something to do with it too, but I definitely got a good resonance from like from your story. I mean, it kind of got me, it caught me at the beginning and I, I, I was entranced the whole way through. You know? Awesome. <laughs> and I like, and I like that was, it wasn't a super long book. Like, yeah, <laughs> I like that it wasn't like an eight and eight or a 10 hour book. Like he, it kind of was just like, you know, you hit it hard and, and it was, you got the message out. Well, I've, I've, I've experienced a lot of other people's experiences over the years. And some of them, to me, do a really good job of getting their story across. Others, they dive so much into the science of it and what didn't happen or did happen for them scientifically that you almost have to be like a neurologist or, or a, a clinician or uh, some type of specialty just to even understand what's in the book. And, and I love that they do that. I just didn't want that to come out in mind. I wanted to, the story to take center stage because the experience itself is what uh, really has a large impact out there and, and a big impact for people. So for me, that was paramount. And so we worked really, really hard. I tried writing this story for over 10 years and I didn't feel like it was ever doing it justice. And finally, um, I enrolled a really good writer. His name is Lynn Taylor. And together we worked this out in about a year and a half, almost two years. And then uh, got it, you know, professionally edited so that it it came across in the right way, and and here we are. It, nice. To me, I love it. Well, Darren's here now too. Darren and Vinny, nice to meet you guys. Hi, Vinny. Hey, Darren. 
Good to see you, man. Is my audio loud enough? Can you hear uh, me? Okay? It's a it's a little light actually, but it's not bad. How's that? Is that a little better? Yeah, that's a bit there better. There you go. Yeah. Okay, good. Great. Before I forget too, I want to shout out to Buzz Coast. And I think he's the one that suggested he goes, You guys got to get Vinny on, on the show. I don't know if you know Buzz Coaston personally or if he's just a fan of your book or your work, but shout out to him who connected us. Thank you, Buzz. Thank you, brother. Appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> so let's, I mean, let's, can you talk about your story in detail? I know that you've probably told yeah. it a million times, like, but I mean, it, it is quite, it's to me, it's one of the more fascinating ones I've heard. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll try to give you like the synopsis version. So it doesn't, cause it does take like a good hour and a half, two hours to tell it. Um, but what I'll do is I'll give you like the short version, yeah, kind yeah. of the abridged version. Um, but yeah, so I, I ended up taking a supplement and it was a very popular supplement at the time that was so popular. It was sold out everywhere. Me and a buddy of mine, we, we purchased some online from Thailand and what we didn't know is the supplement, you, this, this particular supplement is called furanone dehydro. And it was very, very popular back this back in 2003. Uh, it would help you help your muscle recovery happen twice as fast as normal. So if you wanted to work out like your chest every day, you could, instead of alternating days, you could work out legs every day or whatever. And a lot of uh, natural bodybuilders were using this stuff. Uh, so we bought some online. Sure enough, it, it comes. We're excited to try it. We each take a bottle cap. This is on a Saturday morning. It was January 18th. And we each took our little bottle cap of this liquid supplement. And right off the bat, we knew something was off about it. It was different. It smelled somewhat the same and it had kind of the same sour flavor, but it was uh, much stronger, way stronger than anything we'd ever taken before. So we knew it was bad right off the bat. And come to find out later, we find out that anytime you buy this supplement outside the States, you're buying a 100% solution. Whereas in the States, you're buying a 95% water solution with only 5% of the the actual uh, solution in there that's the main chemical. And uh, so it was just too much. We got too much. We, wow, we decided. Was that? Oh my God. Yeah, it was, it was way good. stronger. It's the, the stuff in the States was a 5% solution. The rest was just water. Um, so yeah, it was, it was like taking 20 bottle caps of this, of this supplement versus of the American version, you know? Oh, I see. So it was, okay. it was I... way too much. Oh. Yeah. And uh, it didn't help that the instructions on the bottle were all written in Thai, which is like a scripted language. So <laughs> it, it wasn't uh, so easy to understand. And, and yeah, we took our, our, our dosage each. We both felt it was bad. We decided, hey, let's go down the street. There was a Dairy Queen down the street. Let's go down there and grab some something to eat. And, you know, from our experience in the past, we had partied a bit and stuff. We knew if you get a little too much of something, maybe if you have something to eat, you'll feel better. So we thought maybe that's what was going to happen for us. We we pull into this Dairy Queen and he's already starting to nod off by the time we get there and he's driving. So I'm like shaking him, keeping him awake while we get there. And we we pull in, I helped him get the car into park. Um and and I immediately just bolted for the restaurant. I felt like I was going to start throwing up, so I wanted to make it into the bathroom. And uh, so I went in the bathroom, locked the door because it was a single-use bathroom. There I began to, or I lost, kind of lost my, my balance, passed out, and then started to vomit while I was passed out laying on my back. And that's actually what ended up killing me as I aspirated. I ended up breathing in my own, my own vomit. 
Whereas uh, my buddy, he ended up going into one of the booths. He kind of stumbled in, collapsed on one of the booths. He started vomiting right there out in the open. So the, the you know, the restaurant manager he came out, called 911, got an ambulance, and they hauled him away. And for a good 45 minutes after he would already been taken away in an ambulance, um, things were quiet. Nobody knew anything other than, than this guy just got taken away. And finally, a customer actually convinced the manager that he needed to use the bathroom and had been locked for like almost an hour. So manager goes in, knocks on the door, opens it up, sees a dead guy on the floor, which was me. And that's where, that's where it begins for me. Um, I actually was watching this happen from above, from my perspective, I was watching it from above. And people are like, how did you not know that it was you laying on the floor? And, and to me, I equate it to like driving on the street, seeing someone driving your car that looks like you, but you know it's not you because you is sitting in your car, right? And, and that's what it was like for me is, is it felt like me was up here watching everything. It was not possible that it was me down there. I had no idea it was me that I was looking at. So I was just watching, watching everything and observing and, and very interested in, in how this was all playing out in front of me. And your buddy, uh, your buddy, so your buddy st- uh, got saved from the ambulance? Like he made it? Yeah, he was totally fine. Had no, what they did do is they pumped his stomach. They gave him uh, a, like a charcoal regimen where they kind of force feed char- charcoal into the stomach. And and it kind of absorbs everything that they didn't get with the stomach pumping. And they kept him uh, overnight. So they did keep him one night just to make sure he was going to be okay. But he he was released the very next morning. Um, But yeah, with me, it was just a completely different story. They they did open up, see that dead body. They called 911 again for the second time that day. And they sent an ambulance. Um, They didn't know if I was dead or not. They wanted to make sure I was, you know, There was a a message that I was already cold to the touch when they went to touch me to see if there was a pulse. They said, oh, he's he's cold. Um, And so they did they did come on site. They did preliminarily try to resuscitate me with some chest compressions and and following their procedures. But they did pronounce me dead. Um, uh, They they went ahead, bagged the body, put it on a gurney, strapped it real tight and uh, put me in the back of the ambulance and 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 began to process paperwork uh, for a dead body yeah now this isn't like a big city that i was in and some people get get upset they're like ambulances don't have body bags well this 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 particular county every single ambulance in that county at the time i don't know about today they especially fire ambulances they carry um, one or two of these bags in there so i was put in a body bag i was bagged and 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 on my way to the medical examiner uh, locally, and while they were on their way, this rookie medic, he was brand new, first week on the job. He was the third man on the team. So there was the two primary medics sitting in the front of the ambulance, and this rookie's just sitting in the back on a what they call a jumper seat. And he's like staring at this body bag, and he feels like, Hey, how come I can't help this guy? Why didn't we try harder? You know, why am I even doing this training if, if I if we're not going to do better for for everybody? He he just felt like they gave up too quick, and he knows there's certain protocols. He knows that they were following them, but he had this real desire to just still try something, and it and to me it was that desire that kind of spurred 
the next things that happened right and there. you and you were still watching this right were yeah you, watching or? it all and the weird <laughs> thing for me is i could i could hear the thoughts of everybody i could hear the thoughts of the restaurant manager the thoughts of all three medics and to me it played out loud almost like on a on a speaker like i could hear every thought of everybody even the customers that were the the one guy who was trying to use the bathroom and and you know got the manager to open the door i could hear everything he was thinking about i could even hear what he was thinking about while his wife was talking to him wow. and he what he wasn't even thinking about what she was talking about when, which that's, that's kind of normal for marriage, <laughs> but it's, it's really funny. It's just funny that the perception I had, it was almost like an all knowing or, or what I call an all cognizance where I was, I was cognizant of everything going on around me. As far as humans, I could, I could hear every thought of, of those within my vicinity or vicinity of the body. Yeah. So, well, so he, so I mean, what happened? Yeah, let's just keep going. So at this time, so at this time, you know, they're taking the body to turn it into the medical examiner, and the way that they they're taking it, there just happened to be about a block and a half from a hospital when, out of nowhere, this light started to form around around the chest area of this rookie medic while he's sitting back there, and and then all out, out of nowhere, I hear this very loud voice. It says, "This one's not dead." like very, very loud. And I could tell it was not a voice of anybody around. It was not my voice. It wasn't, it was a voice that came from behind me. I could hear it very loudly from behind me. And I knew he heard it because the way he reacted, he kind of like stiffened up and he looked both directions around him. Like where did wow. that come from? And, and he didn't do anything. He thought about it for a second, but he didn't do anything. And then shortly after that, only a few seconds later, it came a second time. But before it came, he actually, that light that was forming around his chest area, it actually got brighter and actually went above his head and all the way to his waist. And it was a really bright light. It was as if the light was coming from inside of this medic, like he was glowing. And then for a second time, I heard very loudly, this one's not dead. And on that second uh, time, that was enough for him that he was like, I'm going to do something. So he, he undid some straps that were around the neck, like around the neck of the body, the chest of the body. He undid those straps, undid the body bag. He unzipped it and was uh, feeling around the neck area, um, the jaw area for any type of pulse. There was none. The body was cold. It was actually starting to harden up in certain areas. Um, he then went and felt under the arm, felt nothing. He undid another strap around like the waist area and then unzipped the body bag further and went and felt on the inside thigh. And there, there's some major arteries. So he was feeling there for, for any type of sign of life. And when he pressed down, he actually made contact with my femur bone or the femur bone of the body. And when that happened, I actually felt an electrical spark to where I was sitting watching above all of this. I actually felt a spark that it, it like made me jump made my presence jump and i i know he felt it too because he gave a little jolt too but that was enough for him even though it wasn't a, a necessarily a pulse it was some type of electrical shock he felt like that was enough for him of a sign that he was going to try something so he went ahead and began to you know force oxygen into the lungs he then brought out this this machine and hooked it onto the body to do a, um, a shock to the heart so to to defib or bring the heart back. 
And uh, as he was doing all this, the other two medics didn't know. They didn't hear anything. They weren't really paying attention to him. They were talking about their own thing. And as soon as the alarms went off on the defib machine to turn it on to shock the body, that's when they looked back and saw him. They started chewing him out, telling him he's breaking protocol. He's going to get fired on his first week on the job. And that's how I knew it was his first week on the job, too, by the way. Like they were they were really going to town on this guy. And he 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 acted like he couldn't hear him. He he literally acted like he couldn't hear them. He went ahead and, and went through with it, did the first round of shocks. Nothing happened. He recharged and went for a second round of shocks. On the second round of shocks, he did get a single heartbeat and then and then it went back to flatline. But on that single heartbeat, the other two medics did shut up and they were like, whoa, what's happening here? And then on the third round of shocks, the heart started like, and continued on its own. And it was, it was steady and faint, but it, but it was still steady. So at that point, when the heart did start, um, the, the trajectory of the ambulance itself was about a half of a block from this hospital. So they were able to radio in and pull right into a hospital where they had trauma teams there ready to meet the body and, and kind of take it from there. So they did. Still at this point, though, I'm, I'm Mr. Oblivious. I'm thinking this is all some type of weird entertainment experiment. I didn't really understand what was going on still. But as they transferred the body from the, the EMT gurney or the medic gurney onto the hospital bed, the, the body went into all these weird seizures and was seizing and it was actually vomiting up more more stuff coming out of the, the stomach and the lungs. And as this was all happening, to be able to work on the body, they realized they had to strap it down. So they, they strapped the legs down, they strapped the right arm down, they went to strap the left arm, and I felt someone strapping my left arm where I was sitting up here. And that was odd to me and, and uh, always how I've been. I don't like other people controlling me. So I, I resisted that and I watched as the body actually broke the, sh the first strap they put on the arm, literally just like broke it free. And then I saw the, the nurse actually come back with a, like another leg strap and put that on that same arm and, and bind it down. That's when I knew that what I had been watching this whole time was my own death. And this was a, a very weird experience for me because all of a sudden, all the what had been just kind of a passive experience at, up to this point now became real. And now the reality of it set in and I started to have this very fearful energy of uh, or this almost kind of mind speak of my own voice saying, you're such an idiot. How could you not know this is you? How could you not know what you were watching this whole time is your own death? And I just really started to kind of spiral into this, this negative thought process of what an idiot. How are you so dumb like that you didn't know this was you? And, and, and really, are you worth saving if you're so ignorant? And then I started to see my whole life. And and this isn't like a flash oh, of, so that's, I got that to see all the negative things I ever did right. in my life. But I didn't wow. see it, but I didn't see it from me harming, hurting, lying, or or misleading someone else. I saw it from their perspective. And I felt what they felt. Um, even even later on when they realized certain things, it's like I, I I was perceiving all negative influences I had ever had on anyone else, but from their perspective. And I got to this point where I felt like I had lost all hope 
and sorrow started to almost like come in and squish me and, and almost put me out of who I was. And that's when out of nowhere, this warmth started to come from behind me and warm me from behind. And then out of my right ear, I heard like, now understand who you really are. And I started to see all the good I ever did in my life and actually saw it from the perspective of anyone I'd ever helped. And then I saw so many different people that I had helped when I didn't know I helped, or I was a, a, a positive influence as an example, or, and, and different ways people had looked up to me in high school and in college. And I had played uh, college rugby and high school rugby. And, and I had all these, these different ways I had been a positive influence on others. And there was way more. There was just so much more on the positive side. I, I allowed that warmth or that light to come over me because I, I believed that I was valuable because I saw it. And as this all started to happen, I did realize that, that all of this warmth, all of this love and light that I was feeling, it was coming from behind me. So I turned my presence, like who I was, I turned myself around to, to get a gauge of where this was coming from. And there's this, this like proverbial looking God type figure all dressed in white, long white beard, long white hair. And, um, and he's just beaming of, of this energy, this, this flow and this love. And it's all directed at me. And of course, I, I had the first thought as soon as I saw him, oh, you're God, you must be God. And he, without using his mouth, he answered me and said, no, son, I'm not God. And my follow-up was, well, then are you Jesus? You know, I know for some people that, that that's weird. Why would you follow up with Jesus? I'm like, well, if you're not God, well, maybe you're Jesus. You know? And and that's what I thought. And he he chuckled a little bit with that. And, and again, without using his mouth, he said, no, son, I'm not Jesus. My, um, my purpose is to be here to be a guide or a helper to help you go wherever you want to go. And my friends, my family calls me Drake. And and I'm like, okay, Drake, I, I definitely don't want to go back to that because that back there looks like hell to me. And even to glance back and see the, the body actively in those seizures and they were trying to and, you know, get IVs in and get all sorts of stuff going on. And they were actually forcing a tube down the mouth right when I looked back to. I think they were getting ready to try to pump the stomach. Um, I looked at that and I said, I want nothing to do with that. I want to go wherever you're, wherever you're going or wherever you came from, because I could tell that that energy, that love that he had, it was coming from wherever he came from. And uh, he explained to me, well, he said, he said, Vinny, I came from your home, which is also my home. And I can take you back there. I can take you to your home. And I, I said, absolutely. That's what I want to do. Let's go. And uh, so he said, okay, this is going to be, this is going to be different than you think. It's not going to be an easy journey, but it, it is going to be worth it because it's not just a journey of from here, earth, to our home. It's a journey of understanding, and he was going to help me through the understandings. And, and he, he started to equate it to something that I understood, and I understood frequency because I knew electrical, and, and when I used to build homes, I really understood frequency. So he said, it's going to be like I raise your frequency as we journey. And, and I, as ignorant as I was, I kind of chuckled and I said, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm Christian. 
I've been baptized. I take, I take Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and so I'm saved by Jesus. I can just go right to heaven. I can just go straight home. We don't need to do this whole, like, learning. I, I told him, I'm like, I've already been through all the learning. And he, he laughed at me, but not in a ridicule way. He laughed at me in, like, a loving way. And he, he explained to me that, that he was very proud of me for taking these steps to, to follow what I felt was God and my Savior. But he, he, he helped me understand that there was even further that I needed to understand or grow for me to actually go. That uh, kind of what I was taught in my Christian faith, in my evangelical Christian faith, I was taught the tip of the iceberg, and there was a lot more under the water than I needed to know for me to get there, to get to our home where we all originated from. And uh, so we began our journey. I, I've, I was a little befuddled because I thought for sure there was like a, a special back door for, for the good Christians. <laughs> and, and we were going to get to just go straight in because that's kind of what I was raised to believe, that, that there, there was the straight and narrow path of, of the good Christian. Even though I wasn't perfect, I was fairly good. I thought, man, I'm going to get right in. But no, I still had a lot of learning to do. And, and so we began our journey. And I, I, I thought, oh, okay, so I, I'll bet the first thing I got to do is learn about love. I'm sure that's the big deal for, for um, home or heaven. And he, he again laughed. He's like, nope, but actually it's not love, not yet. He said, uh, first, we have to teach you authenticity. And I thought that was really weird. No, but he, Yeah, that was a shock to me to read that part. Yeah, he, he helped me understand that we can't understand love. We can't feel, we can't allow ourselves to feel love. And we can't allow ourselves to love um, unless we are authentic. So he helped me understand that I had a different, almost like a different mask that I would put on. Yeah. If I was with mom and dad, I'd put on a different Your mask friends, with my brother, yeah, with my yeah. friends, different mask when I'm at work. Or I had, back in the day, I'd worked in TV and film. I'd also worked in clubs um, and then and then in construction, too. So I had all these different masks I would wear. But he helped me realize that underneath all those masks, there was one being and that I needed to be that person, that human, that that personality. And then from there, I could actually start my journey, my journey of growth. So I had to peel away and put down all these masks that I had allow myself to create and be my authentic self. And once I once I could be my authentic self, then I could actually begin the progress of 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 the journey. Um, but yes, that, that was the, the first step and the big step. And then there was like nine more major steps I had to go through to, to get all the way up to home. And in the meantime, you're still in the hospital and, and, and sort of technically uh, maybe not dead at this point, but in a coma, I guess. Right. Yeah. I would be considered like brain virtually brain dead. I was almost zero brain activity. I was down to less than 10% total brain activity. Um, and at times, you know, sometimes under 5%. So they felt that I was going to be in a vegetative state. They had actually given my brother who my brother and my dad were the only ones who had come and kind of checked on me and they didn't really want to let the rest of the family know what was going on until they knew I was either going to survive or die there. That was a big question for the first three days. So um, I was in a coma for three days, and during those three days, that's when I was making my journey, making my way up to up wow. to home. 
it almost feels like heaven and hell, like your first experience, like from a non-religious point of view, even like if you were to hear people talk about heaven and hell, like what you went through, like going through everybody else's emotions on how you've treated people and then, and then feeling the positive side, like it, it, that almost feels like an heaven and hell experience. And it did. And, and, you know, I think that for people that have a near death experience and they, they, they almost stay in the hell side of things because there is that that proverbial hell or that virtual hell that I was feeling when I first started. Um, I think that they, they get kind of stuck there. And for whatever reason, they had to just only have that aspect of the experience. But uh, yeah, there's so much love on that other side. And that love is what kind of pulled me through and, and helped me understand that I was worth saving. I was worth keeping around and, and living when I was listening to your story, I, I was thinking back to, it almost felt like this is why the ancients sort of came up with religion or came up with like, why to be a good person. Like imagine if a couple of people, you know, thousands of years ago have these experiences, they'd come back and explain to everybody, like, this is what happens. Like we have to be good to each other kind of thing, you know? Yeah. It was probably happening all the time back then too. Cause people are having like fever dreams all the time and, yeah, I, I have uh, Native American history in, in my blood, and and I know a lot of the, the Hopi Indians actually had a lot of culture about their experiences when they would, they would do their spirit journey, and sometimes that was almost like a near-death experience, and, and the Cherokees as well had uh, a lot of culture built around that, that, the spirit walk or the spirit journey, yeah. So it's so it's so weird too now that I think about it that if the rookie wasn't on shift that day, you know? Like, oh yeah. It it just shows you how because he was open and the, because the way we get entrenched in these jobs and in these like ideologies, like because he was open, this was enabled to happen in a way. Oh, absolutely. And and you know, I'm a firm believer that there's no happenstance, there's no accidents, it's only synchronicities. There's uh, you know, once you understand and you're able to step away from the life path and, and really take a look at, at how your life has played out, the, the different teachers and, and mentors that just show up right at the right time in your life, that there's, there's a, a complete synchronicity to that, that every single one of us are threads on the blanket of life. And, and we weave in and out of each other's life in synchronicity, in organized, um, Architated or orchestrated, orchestrated um, ways where it's there's divine intelligence behind it all, absolutely. And and most, I would say, ninety nine percent of us who have been uh, on the other side and had these experiences all come back with a just a knowing, a deep soul knowing that there is a God. Yeah. And yeah. and most of us believe that it doesn't matter the name that you associate there, that God's not this ego driven being that that says you have to call me by um allah or you have to call me uh vishnu or, or you know or, or krishna you have, you have to call me god or you have to call me yahweh it, god's not like that god the god i experienced there is so full of love that um that that god that creator i experienced through my experience is one that wants us to reach out and call to 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 him in, in any way we can Whatever name, whatever name works best for us. Was he white? 
<laughs> so <laughs> you don't so my guide my guide was <laughs> but but here's what's funny is the creator is all colors because the creator is the originator the the hand that that wrote it all you know um the creator is both divine masculine and divine feminine the creator is 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 everything but it but the creator is so much bigger than what our our brains can think of as a god to to even say like the creator is this man sitting up on a throne uh with an ego driven um you know fist pounding on a table saying i'm going to punish the bad and i'm going to bless the good um that's that's not the way it works uh because it, that would remove our agency and that's what's allowed us to be here and, and that was actually step 2 for me is i had to learn that life is a classroom and not a courtroom that we were sent here to earth school and 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 in heaven they actually refer to earth as earth school that we come down to earth school where we pass through this veil where we we forget who we were and before we got here and and there's a reason for that because if we could even remember a little bit of how much god loves us we would it, that would actually there's so much strength in that love it would remove our ability to to have free agency and have the ability to make choices because that love is so strong it would make us want to always make the right choice all the time and and some people would want to argue well that's a good thing right no that would be like going into the gym um every every day and whether you went there for 5 minutes or or 8 hours you get the same result every time and that's not why we're here we're here to learn to build those spiritual muscles of free agency to make choices um and a lot of our good choices help us and sometimes even our bad choices help us as long as we're learning from them and but that's what it's all about so that we can make choices uh uninfluenced by that tremendous love that exists in heaven for us um but yeah that's also one of the cool things like you know we can have some faith that it's there and then when we get back there it, that faith can help us make some good decisions along the way yeah yeah that's fascinating Darren, did you I was mostly name? joking um what uh, <laughs> trolling i guess would be the correct term but so did you ever track down the rookie so I did. Um, I tracked him down about a week after. Number one, I, I had heard from from one of the the medics, not the medics, one of the ICU nurses uh, that pretty much triages people. They had told me that he had, he had heard that he got in a lot of trouble. So I wanted to just go and make a statement or say, hey, this guy saved my life. What can I do to help save his career? Because he had just started it. And uh, so I, I sought him out personally, and we actually had lunch at a, a, a Gandolfo's there over in, in that town. And we sat down. He wouldn't even let me buy his sandwich. He was like, nope, I got my own sandwich. You get yours. We're good. And I'm like, hey, can I help you with anything? Like, you really saved my life. I'm alive now because of you. I'm like, can I make your car payment for a while? Can I make your house payment for a while? I'm like, what can I do for you? I, I was thinking from the guy logic center, you know, um, I'm a guy, I had a job and I'm like, maybe I could buy him things to make him feel be better about what he did, or maybe the career struggle he was going to have because of it. And he's like, Nope, I made my own decisions. Um, he, and he wouldn't talk to me much about that decision that he had made. 
he he kept calling it gut instinct. Wow. Um, I'm like, I'm like, dude, I saw you. You were lit, like oh, you literally told him lit. That. You told him and that. and I could see the light forming around you. And he would, he's like, I don't, I don't know about that, but I just had this gut instinct that I had to try. I had to try. Did you and tell him about the voice? Did he say he heard the voice or? I told him about the voice. He said he didn't hear the voice, but I'm like, you did though. I saw you respond. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, he's like, I'm not going to argue with you. But I just had this instinct. He kept calling it wow, instinct. Wow. And you know, I, I think what it is, that's how spirit talks to us is that the message is delivered and then we receive it however we know how. Intuition and for, or instinct. And for him, or... he felt it was like intuition. Yeah. Wow. So so let's let's continue on that sort of synchronicity vein because there was a couple other things that happened to really confirm this experience. Yeah. So, you know, fast forward, I, I got to actually go to heaven. I actually saw heaven. I got to touch down in heaven experience like the, the, I call it the tourist visa version where I, I got to go to experience a little bit of heaven. And right while I was there, I was actually yanked back. I was pulled back and I essentially got to the end of my third day of a, of a coma and, and I was forced back and, and I woke up at, at 1 11 in the morning on the on the 21st of january and i went in there on the 18th so in, in 2003 in 2003, in 2003 right? yeah okay so I, I i joke around i have a death day party and then i have a wake-up party so the 18th and the 21st are special days for me nice so that hurt that was painful too coming back right that was that was way more painful than dying in fact dying is really awesome and easy like super easy um, you just, it's just a matter of if anybody's ever surfed, uh, you surf a lot better when you embrace the wave than try to fight it. And that's what I equate dying to is once I embraced it, that's when I got to have the really good feelings, the good experiences, all the love just pouring over me and, and cleansing me. And, and that's what dying is. We can try to resist it when it's, when it's our time to go, but that resistance is futile, you know, like like it's not going to do us any good. Um, finally, when we embrace it, it's just, it's super easy and it's amazing. And it's, it's very blessed. There's so much effort on, on that side of things to help us. And every single person that dies, no matter good person, bad person, doesn't matter. They have helpers there to help escort them, um, you know, in whatever manner that they're ready to be escorted over. Yeah. So you mentioned in, when you touched down in heaven, there was a, did you say something about a Taurus? Or what did you call it? Um, so I actually got to see like the actual place of, of heaven. I got to touch the grass and see the, and see there was a, a school there and the school is, uh, they called it like the university. I got to have that whole experience of seeing what that is and, and what kind of place it is for us that if we want to go, we can learn there. But heaven is very, very large. It's so much larger than we could ever understand. Um, you could fit multiple suns across the inside of this. And our sun is way larger than our, our planet. So that it, it, it gives you some type of scale. Um, but it, the, the space itself is so just huge. There's plenty non, of space for all of us there. Non yeah. Non-denominational university? Yes. Yeah, it didn't matter. It was weird. Didn't matter what faith you had. Didn't matter what culture you were in. You, could, you had access to this university. The, the funny thing is, though, you don't get um, his story or her story. You get actual history, like the real story, um, you know, unconvoluted, unfiltered, like the real story of what, what has happened in earth school. 
but also what has happened in other schools because there is actually a lot of other schools, not just Earth School. Wow, that's fascinating. So then tell me, tell us about the, because uh, I don't want to miss this part because it's one of our, we talk about synchronicities all the time on the show. Um, going way back for like eight, nine years, we've been talking about synchronicities. And, and I mean, you, a couple of big ones kind of, I mean, I guess you could call them synchronicities, but they're really confirmations for you after the fact that, that this really happened. Yeah, it was, it was extremely hard for me to come back. And, and I, at first I thought I was crazy because I, I'm a very scientifically minded person. I just am. I've always been that way. I'm, I'm very into, uh, well, I am now into physics and quantum physics and, and, and numbers and, and uh, synchronicities of sorts that you find in the, in the quantum field or the fabric field. And now me being that person who I am, when I came back, I was trying to understand this experience. And in, I had this, this neurologist who told me, because I met with all of these different departments, for them to release me out of the hospital, I had to get their, their signature, oh. my signature. I had to meet with, with seven different specialists and get their signatures. It took me almost a, like six full hours to leave that hospital and check myself out. And I, I wouldn't allow them to give me any medicine. I wouldn't allow them to give me any injections, nothing. Once I woke up, I'm like, no, you don't touch me. I'm not going to put anything in my body. Uh, I'm fine. I, I felt like I wanted to go running. So I'm, I'm dealing with all this. And then I have this neurologist tell me, well, hey, watch out for anything you perceive as an experience. Because what is going to happen is the brain is going to make up an experience because there's missing time. And because there's three days of missing time, that's a big open window for your brain to make up an experience. And the, the weird thing is, I actually didn't remember, at, when he told me this, I didn't remember my experience until the next day. It just dumped into me, the whole experience. So I'm sitting there thinking, oh, here's, here's what the neurologist was warning me about. I have this experience. It's just my brain. It's delusion. It's oxygen deprived. It's making up, you know, using my imagination. And I, I thought, well, man, that's a very creative imagination to give me such a tangible, real feeling experience. But here's the weird part. This guy, Drake, who is my guide, he's like around me all the time and I can perceive him and no one else can. And I can talk to him, no one else can. And, and I just still talk to him the way I talk to him there. As wow. I was talking, talking to him using my mind. And I'm like, how is it that, that this is happening, but yet this is my quote unquote imagination? And so I sought out professional help. I actually went to um, a doctor. He ended up referring me to another doctor. And this other doctor, he sat me down and he said, yeah, Vinny, you're delusional. Um, this, is, this is what they call schizophrenia or, or being a schizophrenic. And it's your mind making up things that don't exist. And, and I'm sitting here talking to Drake and I'm like, I'm like, you know, is this guy crazy? And, and Drake's like, yeah, he's don't listen to this guy. <laughs> Was and, that one of the and and and, and uh, in meantime, um, this older woman like enters the room and she's definitely spirit. She's a hundred percent spirit. I know she's spirit, but she tells me she kind of leans over and whispers to me, and she's like, she she tells me this experience, this memory for this doctor. And she said, don't, don't take his prescription from him because he was writing out like handwriting a prescription for me and, and not just one, he was handwriting like three. 
And while he's writing these down, signing them, he was on this third page, writing it down, signing it. And as he tore it off, he grabbed the other two and he was handing me the three prescriptions. When Drake told me, he's like, don't you dare pick up those prescriptions until you know that you've, you've at least shared what she shared with you. So I'm, I go, I'm like, doc, this is going to sound crazy, but I got an older woman here. I'm not going to describe her, but she says she's attached to you. And she says, I have to tell you about this thing that happened to you when you're a young boy. And so I just shared the experience with him. Well, while I'm sitting there sharing it, it only took like maybe more, maybe less than two minutes to share the whole experience. He dropped the prescriptions on his desk. He just stared at me open mouth. And then he, he like clenched his hand and then pointed his finger and said, get the F out of my office right now. And this is like a good Christian guy himself. I mean, he had pictures of... He's a psychologist, of, of, right? A psychiatrist, he had, yeah. right? He, but he was not just that. He was also leaning towards the religious psychology side. So, so I mean, as far as psychology goes, he he was like on the fringe, you know? Wow. And, uh, and because he, he, he actually functioned... Uh, professionally and personally in the religious sector as well as the clinical sector. And um, here he was, it freaked him out. So he said, like, get out of my office. And I left his office. I didn't take the prescription, obviously. I walked out. Um, I was about a few miles down the road when my my cell phone rang and I picked it up. And I didn't recognize the phone number and it was this doctor. And he, he apologized. He's like, you know, Vinny, I've never lost it like that on anybody. He said, that's why I got into psychology, so I could control emotions. He apologized for losing it like that. He just said, he said, Vinny, you brought up things that I had blocked in my own memory, that I had, I had to completely forgotten had happened to me. And I don't know why, but you knew it. And he said, there's no possible way for you to know something that is true, that he's been blocking his whole life. And then when it landed back in his lap, it just like blew up his world. And he said, whatever that is you have, that was real. So that was my first confirmation. I don't call it a synchronicity. I call it a confirmation. Yeah, That's yeah, what it was yeah, for exactly. me. Yeah. Later, later yeah. I did get some really neat synchronicities. Later, I actually got to, uh, you know, seven months later, I was in this little town in Wyoming. I was watching this Can you this grab your mic off your uh, collar for a second? Oh, sorry. Yeah, just, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I was, I was up in uh, Wyoming at this little town in Wyoming. And I'm sitting in this, this little town watching a presentation on the history of this town. And up comes this picture of, of Drake. And I had, I had described Drake so well that my fiance at the time, she felt she knew who he was. So she was the one who pointed it out. She's like, is that your guy? That's your guy. And, and I wasn't paying attention. I like looked up and I'm like, oh my gosh, that is him. And I, I really couldn't speak. I was frozen. I am just in the change of who, who I, my energy was, she knew instantly. She was like, that's him. And I was frozen. It felt like somebody poured ice cold water down my back. I, I, because now it was impossible for me to believe that it was a delusion. Now between the experience with the doctor and this, I, I, I knew it wasn't a delusion, but here, here was the little window that maybe it's still a delusion. It said that his name was Charles. and. And so, and I recognized the last name as my grandmother's maiden name. So I, I went directly to grandma and I said, grandma, who's this Charles Kazare? And she goes, oh, you mean great grandpa Drake? 
he's famous. He's famous in our family. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. So there was there was my there was my little escape hatch that closed up. And and I had to I had to believe it. I had to believe that what happened was real at that point. There was there was no doubting it. And then later, of course, I've had, you know, 20 years of experience now with Drake and and he's he's been a constant part of my life all the time. So he still works with me daily. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. So, cause I was going to ask you, I mean, I got all these questions. I, w- I was going to ask you about the the psychologist, but we can come back to that. But a lot of people that have these NDEs, they come back with sort of superpowers or they can heal. They can, uh, they have clairvoyance or so would you, is there anything else or is it, is your sort of thing, maybe Drake? I mean, so you- mine, I do have the, the, um, I have like the healer's gift. Um, I actually use it in coaching. So I actually coach people. That's what I do. I, I help people um, kind of change their life, get better connected to their own spiritual self, their own higher self, their own spiritual journey. I help them, no matter what religion they are or, or non-religion, I, I essentially try to help them be a better version of themselves. And and I bring spirit in to help me, essentially. So, um, yeah, that's what I do. And um, I have... It's it's so weird when I work with clients and I I can perceive what's actually going on no matter what's being said. So when someone says I just always have these headaches and blah blah, blah I'm like oh, okay well what about this thing that you're always drinking every afternoon around 4 p.m. Oh yeah I do this I drink a soda every I'm like well let's cut out the soda I think that's going to take care of the headaches and and simple little things like that it can really change. Uh, wow, people's lives just just understanding and i don't take any ability to actually do any healing but what happens is um i just understand what's really going on and a lot of times that is able to help them now it's not foolproof i can't do it remotely necessarily i can do it via zoom here and there but but uh but yeah i that's what i do i actually coach people and and help them on their own spiritual journey when did you start doing that so I started doing that a couple years ago, um, and I started doing it only here and there in special retreats. And then I've I've opened it up to do it doing it weekly now. So I've been doing it for about a year, huh. doing it weekly. Yeah. So it's so disappointing that the psychologist and the psychiatrist, like I would have thought that they'd at least have heard of this, like the NDEs. They'd be they'd have some kind of like um, guidance or or. Uh, you know, boundaries around like maybe, okay, like this is what's happening. We can talk about it. And, and I'm, I'm just like, man, it's just so disappointing that our, that our institutions can't even like, especially especially then back in 2003, maybe it's changed quite a bit. It it has. In fact, I'm part of a group called IANS, which is the international, so international association of near death studies. So I'm part of this group and, and within this group, there's quite a few members that are part of the the psychiatry and psychology fields that are are what I call NDE friendly. So they're not going to come in and try to uh, scrutinize the experience. They're going to help you uh, build a regimen around it or through it, you know, so that you can, you can deal with it in a healthy way. Yeah. Without just trying to put you on some type of anti-schizophrenia. So that's, so there is quite a a change in the last 10 or 15 years. Like at the beginning, we're talking about how many people, I mean, I've even seen now these YouTube channels that all they do is like every people's experiences with, with, um, you know, NDEs. It's, it seems like it's opening up quite a bit. I think it it really started with Dr. Raymond Moody. And I know he, he started his journey with talking about his experience a long time ago, back in the 
I'd say the late seventies, early eighties is when he came out with his experience and, and he's kind of fundamentally changed it for everybody. It's just taken a long time for what he started for it to actually catch on and for people to understand it. Um, you know, uh, a few years later, I actually was working in Wyoming and, um, or actually about a year later. And I met a guy who was awakened in the middle of his autopsy. So he, he, he died of cardiac arrest. He was put in a refrigerator and three days later when they went to go perform Whoa. his autopsy, his heart started to back up. So there's, there's some really uh, strange experiences, way, way more extreme than mine for sure. Um, I think well, that, that mine's kind of more on the timid side, but even in the last 30 days, there's been two people that woke up at the morgue at the actual, you how many uh, motherfuckers get burned oh, alive. Yeah. That? Yeah. Oof. And the three days is interesting because that's the resurrection and there's a whole bunch of three days in ancient wisdom writings and mm -hmm. stuff. They keep talking about three days. Like, Well, it's, it's weird. If you look at the, the process of the body, the cellular structure of the body, uh, it's almost like the cell renews itself every 72 hours. And it's almost like that's a rule with the physical. So um, we're showing up at 72 hours a lot on, on a lot of these NDEs, but I think it's so that the body can heal itself. And then wow. it's good to go. And yeah. yours was three days, right? Mine was three days. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's, that's so fascinating. I wonder that, I mean, there's gotta be a connection there between them talking about it all the time. Yeah. And I, I bet there is, there's, there's definitely like an, an energetic connection to it for sure. Anybody who's into um, the, the health benefits of fasting, they, they do, they do tout that the 72 hour fast is the strongest one because you're able to get the, the most cleansing in just 72 hours than you can ever get in 24 hours or 48 hours. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. Darren, do you have any questions at all? Duh. Are you scared to die again now? Or not at all. Not I'm at so all. excited. I'm so excited for when I get to go back. <laughs> no. I really am. But see, this is the problem. Does it ever, like, make, does it ever make your day to day depressing or yes. yes. And now I have a, a very good life. I have a beautiful wife and two amazing kids. I, I have a daughter, she's 13, and a son who's two. Um, so I have this very, very um, extensive, beautiful life here. And even with so much here, it is still hard. It really is still hard. Yeah. I love there. Like, I love here, but man, like to it, it, it's, it does kind of stink to have been able to peek behind the curtain and then forced back for however many more years. I, I, I am excited though, for one day when it does happen. Is there um, any, is there any fear that, that you can't make it back there or that like some people don't no, get there? No, no the only fear, just, the only fear I'd have is that somehow they figure out a technology to prevent us from ever right, dying. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah. would be my fear. Like, yeah. and that somehow that would be a punishment they give to me. Like, no, I don't, I don't want that. I want to go whenever is my right time, you know? But that's that's one of the reasons why your message is so important is because in culture right now, there's a huge fear of this, right? There's a huge fear of death. There's a, a, non, a non-acceptance of the other side of our soul, of our spirit, yeah. of, of all this. And here's the, here's the weird thing. And I actually show this example in the book too, that I was shown like a ribbon um, essentially attached to the earth and extending way out to the furthest extent of the universe, of the known universe and the unknown universe. And on this, this ribbon, you drop a single grain of sand, and that single grain of sand is our life here. And the ribbon is our real life. 
So, I mean, here is nothing compared to our real existence. And, and once you're on that side, you realize, oh, I was sweating all this stuff as if it was like such a big deal. It's kind of like an ant waking up and realizing you're a human. Why was I freaking out because that crumb got moved to the left? Like, you know, we don't need to freak out about the little hurdles here. It's more about how we react more so than the hurdle and, and how we treat each other through the, the obstacles and the turmoil and the trials. That, that's what it's about. It's about how we are able to love each other, how we're able to care for each other, how, we, how we're able to build relationships because it's those relationships we get to carry with us. Um, both good and bad, we get to carry those relationships with us. And, and the bad relationships we carry with us as something we have to heal, the good relationships we carry with us like wealth. They show up to, in that side like wealth. Like if you're a very bountiful person, you have all these positive attachments, all these positive connections with other people um, and other beings, even animals. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a different way of looking at things. It's, it's opposite of the world. Because yeah. the world would say, you know, what makes you valuable is your car, or your job, or, or you know, your net worth. But that that has nothing to do with your actual value of 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 real life. Your real life value is is you know how well you've treated your 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 spouse, your partner, your kids, um, how well you treat your boss, how well you treat those you work with and interact with daily. That and no matter how they treat you, how do you treat them? That's what's important. What about and, even and, loving everybody? Like every, like even cause like, you know, it's, it's such an interesting time right now where I can get caught up in resenting, like not people in my direct life, but the powers that be or the elite or whoever wants to control what I'm, yeah. what I'm doing. Like, I mean, I, I find that every now and then I'm like, I got to accept and love everybody. Like you do. And it, that, it's, that's it's part hard of the, to stay in that, yeah. but I wanted to ask you about that. So loving everybody is part of uh, is part of the creed that we have to understand for us to get on the other side, like to actually get to heaven. We realize that all of us are fingers on God's hand, and for one finger to hate another finger, or for one finger to hurt another finger, is only to hurt ourselves. And I was taught two really, really important principles. One is called the principle of the pointed finger. So when I point a finger and I say, hey, that person is a bad person, I'm, I'm sending one um, amount of energy towards them. And with my thumb, I'm sending one amount of energy of blame towards God, the creator, and then flip that hand over. And I have three fingers pointing back at myself. So anything I'm trying to project onto anyone else, I'm actually inwardly taking that energy three times stronger on myself than I could ever project on anyone else. So the principle of the pointing finger, it's important for us to say good things, say positive things about others. And as we do so, we're actually amplifying our own positive energy, our own positive uh, self-worth or self-belief. And, and that's, that's one of the most important things I learned out there, the principle of the pointed finger. But the, the other principle that's super important is called the principle of the hour of power. And that's the first 30 minutes as soon as we wake up and the last 30 minutes before we go to bed, we're framing who we are and what our day is with what we allow in that 30 minutes. So if we allow like, you know, Twitter, news, uh, sports, that essentially is our real religion. What we're putting in our hour of power, that is what we're framing our life with. So if we were the picture, the frame around the picture, the paradigm builder is what we put in our hour of power. So how, how empowering would it be for us to put positive things? 
Like if we feel that we're a victim, take your hour of power and put a gratitude list yeah. and, and thank God for a heart that pumps blood every day for eyes that work for, for a neck that turns and, and functions and arms and legs and fingers. I mean, the simple basics that all of us wake up as normal, you know, average humans, we get that. And then anything on top of that. And if you go through that list every day in the 30 minutes before bed and 30 minutes, when you wake up, you will begin seeing fundamental changes happening in your environment. And someone who says that they live a cursed life, I challenge them to do this. And you will watch that that cursed life turn into a courageous life and then into a, a victor's life and into a, a great story of success because we get to choose our magic wands are our thoughts and what we allow our thoughts to, to be is what we will eventually create around us. And it does start with our thoughts. So it's important for us to understand and master that power. Oh yeah, that's super powerful. And it doesn't mean you're avoiding negative stuff or you're avoid no. it doesn't mean you're sort of running away or avoiding stuff. Yeah, it's just I mean, just like if you have a pig, you don't allow your pig to live in your house, in your living room, in your bed. But yet for some of us, that pig is Twitter. Some of us that pig is Fox News or CNN or MSNBC. Some of us that pig is, you know, um our favorite NFL team, whatever. You you just need to take um take a stand and put it where it should be. And that's within a pig pen, right? Um, and, and don't allow that in your sacred space. So control your sacred space, control your hour of power, and now you're controlling your life. Now you're, you're putting a better control on your environment, which eventually controls the environment. I love that. That's super practical advice. I mean, the gratitude thing is very, very powerful. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So what about the uh, limbo? Like you did mention, like, you know, people will go there, but there is a, um, you know, the Monroe Institute and you kind of mentioned people getting stuck in that kind of hellscape. Mm-hmm. So is there, is there a limbo that people can get stuck and not make it through? They can, but it's all free agency through the whole process. So for a spirit to be stuck here, which I've worked with a lot of spirits that are stuck here. Um, in fact, I sat down at a restaurant once and there was this police officer that had passed and he, he was sitting at his favorite booth at this restaurant and um, he didn't understand why no one would serve him. He didn't understand like he'd been there for years wow. and he had, he had passed in, in the late nineties and, um, and I could perceive him and just to test things to make sure I wasn't the only crazy one in the room. I, I, I put it out there for my wife, for my kids and for my godmother. I said, Hey, if you guys can perceive a spirit in that corner, what are you guys picking up? My daughter said, oh, I see a police hat. And then my oh. wife was like, yeah, he's wearing a uniform. So, so like they, they were able to glean before I said anything, before I like pre-programmed the conversation, they actually were able to pick up on little tidbits. And together, we just sent loving energy to this guy. We helped him understand that he was crossed and helped him understand that I've been there and it's amazing. And it just so happens my buddy Drake is right here. He'd love to help you, you know, go if you'd like to go. And we were able to actually help this guy. And, and the coolest thing as, uh, I'm sorry, as he was crossing, as he was transitioning, like the whole restaurant lights, they flickered off and then on. Wow, and, and it was crazy. really, now, now someone will say, oh, it was just, you know, the city was changing a breaker or whatever. But you know what? The timing the exact timing of him cro- like making his transition embracing where he actually was 
it was a very beautiful experience that we were able to have as a group. So I didn't feel like I was the only crazy one. We got to feel crazy together, all of us. Oh, and yeah, um, it was, you know, there's a lot of spirits that are here just like that. But here's the thing. Um, you have to be really careful in trying to work with them because a lot of them are stuck in a fear cycle or um, a cycle of lack. If someone doesn't honor their hour of power here, it, it's almost like they die and they want to keep checking in on the negative energies. They want to keep, they want to hear a negative announcement. And it's almost like they want to wait for the negative announcement before they move on. Well, guess what? There's never an announcement that's a negative enough for them to feel like they can move on. So they just stay here in this cycle of trying to figure out what's going to happen with the world. Um, and, and we don't have to do that. We can, we can master that stuff here so that we don't have to, to wait till we have all this extra help from the other side. Now, all these spirits that are here, they, and they are everywhere. There's a lot of those spirits all over the place. You know, there's a lot of helpers. There's a lot of angels that want to help them but they turn away from that help. They choose not to embrace it. So it, it's always up to us whether we stay or we, whether we go, even after we die. If we don't want to go, we can just stay and hang out on earth as long as we want. Um, and, but what's really neat, though, is you can cross all the way over and be in heaven at any moment. Someone even thinks of you. You can be there with them instantaneously. And, and you can uh, you know, talk to them and experience whatever you can with them. So it, it, you're never locked out of earth and you're never locked out of heaven it, it's us we choose whether we go or we come or we stay or we listen what, um, what about what suicide so even with suicide it, there's certain suicides that it was their time to go and suicide okay, was the okay, path okay it, yeah. it's not it's not every time there's actually one instance where i i was working with a family that their their son did uh, shoot himself and uh, with that particular case he, he said he knew it was a big mistake and he was afraid of heaven. So we, we kind of did some meditations. We did a lot of prayer, so much prayer. And prayer is extremely powerful. When we pray for our, our loved ones when they've crossed over or, or in the process of crossing over, it gives them a lot of help. Um, so we continued to pray, continued to work with him until he would cross. And it did take a long time for him because he had so much guilt about making that mistake. And it's one of those mistakes. Once you make it, you can't take it back, you know? But for some people that are in total pain, they can hardly live, like mm -hmm. maybe it's their time, that kind of well, thing. Especially where um, there are specific prescriptions they were put on. It, it's almost like it created the perfect storm. And really the only option for them was to commit suicide. Oh, okay. um, and in that case, there were so many outside forces creating that oh, perfect right, storm. Right. that it's, it, it pretty much gave them a course of no return, you know? It took them down the, the rabbit hole where they couldn't get out. They knew it was just over, you know? So, oh, I like that. Um, it seems it is, very logical. It is, yeah. it is very different for everybody. I, uh, you know, I did, I did know that I wanted to uh, end my own life after I came back until I met my fiance, who is my wife now. As soon as I met her, which I met her uh, just a couple of months after I came back. So um, I did have a really, really tough couple of months until I met her. And I'll tell you, I knew I wasn't going to commit suicide, though, because I knew I was when I got back to heaven, I was going to go the right way because I didn't want to mess it up. I didn't want to be, you know, prevented from going as far as I wanted to go, because the weird thing is in heaven, there's no there's no guard sitting there preventing you from going anywhere. The guard is our own heart and we can go as far as we think we can go and we can't go any further and then the grace of God, the grace of our creator comes in and allows us to go a little further, 
than what we could have gone on our own, but only a little further. You know, we can't go all the way where we want to go unless we feel we're worth that, right, what, right. what we deserve. Yeah. Is there a light to follow as well? Like, I know yes. your book's called The Light After Death, and there's a there's kind of a conspiracy now that you shouldn't follow the light, or the light is not the way to go. I don't know if you've heard that. I have. Kind of saying, I've like, heard don't, that. Don't follow the light. Follow the light. The funny thing is, is the funny thing that I see in that is people are, have this perception that somehow you can make the decision here, uh, that to quote unquote not follow the light. <laughs> that's like that's like walking into a situation where you've got some 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 resources to help someone and someone is put right in front of you who really needs those resources, you, you're going to, you know, most good people are going to reach in, grab those resources, whatever they are to help that person, especially if they really perceive the need. And, and when you get crossed over, when you die and you perceive this unequivocal, unconditional love that's just pouring on you from one direction, you're going to turn around from all this fear and all this bickering and idol worship and money worship from earth. And you're going to follow that light. And so that's why I call it the light after death. I had to die to learn how to live. I had to die to realize that what matters is the people and the relationships in this world. That's what matters. How we treat each other. It doesn't matter our political party. It doesn't matter who our favorite band is. Um, it doesn't matter what kind of music we like or don't like. What matters is how we treat each other. That's so important. And, and what, we, what we do with that is going to make a huge impact on us. There is all, there's, there's, these, there's this thesis that if you follow the light, that you're going to get trapped in a cycle of reincarnation, and you're going to keep reincarnating here, reincarnating here. Well, the funny thing is people don't realize that this life, before we got here, it showed up to us like a worksheet, and, and we checked all the boxes that we got. And that's going to be uh, really upsetting for some people. They're going to be like, I didn't choose to get this and choose to get this and choose to get this. And I, and I tell them this, correct. In, when you're in the mentality of experiencing it right now, yeah, you're not choosing that. But before it began, you, you were given the option. Do you want an easy life where you don't learn anything and you progress very little? Or would you like a harder life? You're going to progress a lot faster. It's like someone signing up for college and signing up for all um, extremely hard courses, but you're going to progress a lot faster and get through college a lot quicker if you do it that way. And some of us did. Um, I myself signed up for a really rough one. I had an extremely rough um, adolescence and childhood um, with abuse. And, and you know, I look back now and I understand I did sign up for it and I signed up for it so that I could be so um, ultimately aware of, of my environment that I could tell how people were feeling before they entered my home. And that was a survival mechanism. I had to have that because if I didn't have that, I found abuse. I, I experienced abuse. So, so to me, that was, that was my perceptibility that allowed me to have my experience and be so cognizant of everything that was going on around me. And, and there's, and the few people that I've met that have had very descriptive NDEs, they, they had the same background of abuse. And so um, as great, you know, as great or hard that, as that abuse was, I'm extremely grateful for it because it led me to have my experience, which has impacted a lot of people. So, yeah. 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 That makes sense. Wow. That's, that's awesome. A great story. Yeah. I love the message too. It's great. Yeah. So um, Darren, do you have any other questions or? 
No, I think I'm uh, I'm pretty well satisfied. I think it's uh, I think it's great. That's a feel good one. Thank you. <laughs> so for some people, it makes them feel uncomfortable. Some people, it makes them feel good. But you know, I say the it, it, like I say in the beginning, it's not a story. It's not a story for everybody, but it's it's a story that can really make a difference for some. Well, I think it's one of the most important things I think that we can talk about now too, is this, um, it, it, it's really, it's really game changing. You know, this has really opened up over the last 10, 20 years and just having people like yourself come forward with these stories and, and really gives us a different perspective and it's not a dogmatic perspective. You know, it's not, yeah. it's not dogmatic. It's not, um, what's the other word I'm looking for? You know, it's not just, it's, sort of ideology it's like it's very open and it makes sense it's it's very it's very common sense in a way yeah and it's weird i've actually had um different faiths try to try to bring me in the fold and kind of hijack the experience and say yeah. okay we're going to use it to recruit and bring people into the church and and i'm like no because that that goes against my experience like and and legit like they they would not allow my interviews to to come out public because of that, even though they'd spent thousands of dollars filming and, and doing these interviews with me, they, they completely redacted the whole wow. thing from, because they, because I was not going to be like this leveraged pawn for them. Wow. And, and I have to honor the experience. And the experience was that, you know, God loves every single one of us so freaking much. We have no idea. Like if we, if we could even get it, the smallest little glean of anything from this, just an understanding of how much our creator loves us. Um, if we could understand that a little bit better, I would, I would be so grateful because that's, that's what my experience to me was, is to understand that me, you know, a 25 year old kind of DB that was just kind of living myself egotistical life at the time that here I was being saved by this experience and given in something that could really make a difference in my own life, let alone anyone else's. And, and, you know, I always hear spirit say that, that we are the divine masterwork. We are not religions. We are, we, the people, and it's important for us to never forget that, that we are the divine masterwork. Awesome. That's a great place to, to end it. How can people find your stuff? So they can find, I've got a website, livinggodslight.com. And then of course, uh, my book is on Amazon. So we've got on Amazon, Audible, Kindle, all three. And then there's some some bookstores that carry it. You can always request it through the bookstore as well. But yeah, the book itself is called The Light After Death. Yeah. Right on. Thanks, buddy. This has been great. Yeah, yeah this is a good one. Thanks, been my Danny. pleasure. Yeah, thanks so much, Darren. Thanks so much, Graham. It's been been so awesome to meet both of you and talk to you both. And and thanks so much for having me on. All right. Thanks. Take care. All right, Vinny. Have, have a blessed great night. night. Yeah. Now, as a child, Vinny, what'd you think, buddy? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was good. I, I, uh, man, a three day thing just hit me like a ton of bricks. I, I just, I didn't, I missed some of the stuff in his audiobook. I guess there's a few details there that I missed His story is even more profound hearing it from his lips. Yeah. That was, that's crazy. Yeah. It's hard to think, you know, it seems crazy. <laughs> yeah. You should, uh, you never had nothing like that. No. Makes no. me think a bunch of people might be buried alive. I know. Imagine. I'd rather not. Really, rather not. Imagine. Anyway, big thanks to Vinny for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for listening. 
Even bigger thanks if you're one of the small percentile that choose to support our work here over at America.ca slash support. If you could, if you would, head over, sign up for monthly if you're getting some value from our little podcast over here. You can also head over to GrimericaOutlaw.ca, check out that podcast. It's a totally different podcast than this one. Totally different guests. 150 episodes over there. Some people still seem to be getting confused by that. Uh, and then we got trips. Some coming up in Utah. Contact at thecabin.com. Get all our audiobooks at adultpublishing.ca. Other than that, we love you guys. Thanks for adult listening. Bra- adult Brain. What did I say? Adult, adult Publishing. Oh, Adult Brain.ca. Spam Graham. GrahamAmerica.com. Other than that, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. Somehow I built a rocket ship Out of the stuff dreams are made And popsicle sticks Please look at my rocket ship schematics Tell me it can fly to the moon Tell me I'm not a lunatic Silver Stone.